Into the Archives with Peter Fleming. A quest for the lost children's television classics of Peter Fleming. Presented by me, Peter Fleming. This week, Episode 4, Current Affairs. Hello there, my friends. Peter Fleming here. Educator, entertainer, and on a couple of occasions when the police required it, informer. And I did a lot of informing in my career at the BBC, too, as you shall see. Today, I shall be talking about my efforts to keep the nation's children engaged with news, politics, and current affairs. I know I promised last week that today I'd be talking about my duel with Dalek creator Terry Nation in 1975, but unfortunately, no sooner had that episode gone out than I was contacted by his estate with what could charitably be described as a threat. And so, once again, this is... Peter Remembers. Well, when I began my career at the BBC in the early 60s, there was precious little programming of this kind, and I feared the next generation might grow up disenchanted with politics. I reasoned, what's the point of being in public service broadcasting if you can't inspire people about public service? So it was that, in tandem with the 1966 general election, I produced Our Government, a weekly drama depicting the pupils of a London school electing their student council. All the parties were represented by a broad range of characters, most notably the 14-year-old Conservative candidate, Little Lord Beasley, with his trademark drawl and endless supply of monocles. Critics argued it was an unrealistic portrayal, and to give them credit, a boy like that would never in a million years have gone to a secondary modern. Sadly, we never got to show our own election results, as the programme was prematurely cancelled and the master tapes wiped, when a scene of playground bullying was mistaken for genuine footage from the House of Commons, which was forbidden by broadcasting restrictions at the time. A few years after that, in 1972, I spearheaded the notorious Fairest Island in an attempt to explain the troubles to children on mainland Britain. Now, remarkably, film copies of the whole series actually survived in the archives as late as 1998. But unfortunately, I was unable to obtain any copies before they were publicly burned as a condition of the Good Friday Agreement. Now, I wasn't deterred by the hostile reception it got at the time, and so three years after making it, in 1975, I produced In or Out to help younger viewers make sense of the European Communities referendum. Now, it was a complex issue, so we introduced some broad, colourful personalities to make it more digestible, and that was the main factor in the programme lasting just three episodes. I've got an old memo in front of me from the sixth floor, and just reading it, it shows the strength of feeling. Uh, listen to this. Uh, the European stereotypes will be highly inflammatory, and in any case, introducing the notion of national identity to a discussion of trading arrangements is unhelpful at best. <laughs> and sure enough, there's a lesson we've remembered ever since. And, of course, I can't go without mentioning my brief return to production in 2001, 
when, to make up for the loss of Fairest Ireland, the government invited me to make a one-off public information film for that year's general election. And that is how Archie the Lost Ballot came to be. Against all the odds, it's also missing now, but I was very proud of it. Going unused at his polling station, Archie's spirit drifted through a Britain he despised. If only someone had put their pencil to him to make a difference. So you see, it was very effective. Some questioned the wisdom of pumping that much money into a film that went out at four o'clock on a weekday to an audience that wasn't eligible to vote. But in the end, we still made history. The lowest turnout since the war. Those were just some of my efforts. Did they achieve what I hoped and bring about a rise in the standard of public service? Well, to find out, all you have to do is look at the generation that grew up watching those programmes. For they are, it just so happens, the leaders of our country today. Yeah. Well, to cheer ourselves up, let's sit back and enjoy this commercial message. The Peter Fleming Field Guide, an indispensable companion to telly hunters everywhere. This comprehensive list of missing television programmes tells you if you found a lost treasure or a deadly dud. Doctor Who, The Myth Makers, Rubbish, Top of the Pops featuring The Beatles, Worthless, Old Sam's Bees Investigate, a timeless classic, Return at Once. Better still, it tells you the exact reward you'll get for returning it, in thank yous. Not because I can't reward you financially, but because it's about more than money. Send off for your handwritten copy today for just 27 thank yous, nine pounds. Sorry, 27 pounds, 99. Don't pay me in thank yous, for God's sake. The Peter Fleming Field Guide. Because I will not have my time wasted. Order now. <laughs> well, I very much hope you do. Uh, not just to help fund my search, but also to fill the ever-growing financial black hole from the items I've made the last few weeks. They just aren't selling. Well, now it's time to discuss 1971's Vote for the Headmistress in this week's Big Interview. The Big Interview uh, Well, once again, for this week's Big Interview... I haven't been able to find an interviewee, but I've kept the segment in to reveal my fascinating discovery that everyone involved in Vote for the Headmistress apart from me is either now dead, in prison, or both. The Big Interview Instead, let's take a closer look at 1974's This Just In for this week's Audio Archive. Audio Archive Well, with the arrival of Newsround in 1972, I worried I'd been beaten at my own game, with John Craven making the news engaging and understandable for children across the country. But I felt he'd missed a trick by not placing children at the very heart of the programme. It was with that in mind that I put together This Just In, a daily afternoon bulletin presented and led entirely by a group of under-sevens. Every single programme is gone now, but one off-air clip from February 1974 has survived 
on a fan's reel-to-reel recording. You're, you're watching, you're watching this just in. Hello. 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 And the news today is, what? I've just been told that. The news today is John Pertwee is leaving Doctor Who. (gasps) His last programme will be in June. (laughs) And and, and now the weather. In the northwest. There will never be any John Pertwee ever again. And that does demonstrate why the programme didn't last much longer. You see, normally the news was uh, slightly worse than that. So it would pretty much always amount to about ten minutes of some children crying. That was the main problem we came up against. Uh, That and the growing intimidation we experienced behind the scenes from John Craven himself. He's a talented broadcaster, that goes without saying, but a quick-tempered and a violent one, too, who regularly stapled people's hands to their desks if they crossed him. Well, now it's time to get up to speed with some of your own correspondence. In Messages from Beyond. Well, I'm afraid within a couple of days of giving you my address at the end of last week's programme, I had to vacate that accommodation after growing wary of sleeping in a literal sewer. Fortunately, by that time, a trickle of letters had come through, shortly before a torrent of uh, something else. So, first of the two letters that reached me and are still clean is this from Jane in Ludlow. Uh, She writes, Dear Mr Fleming, It's such a shame that so many of your programmes are lost. (laughs) I quite agree, Jane. Uh, Is there no hope for some kind of home media release? It's a good question, Jane, and I have pushed over the years to put out a special release on videotape or or more recently on uh, digital VD, uh, like uh, like with Doctor Who. I I contacted the team of engineers who restores all of those, in fact, and they said back to me, that wouldn't work, Peter, there's nothing to release. (laughs) Well, that wouldn't have stopped us back in the day. When we were making programmes, we didn't have all these uh, newfangled special effects and computers they have nowadays. The viewers would use a little something called their imagination. So I say, release the things. Never mind that there are no pictures or sound. People would use their imaginations. And uh, second uh, of all, uh, Philip in Romsey has got in touch again uh, to ask, any tips for a budding missing episode, Hunter? Oh, dear, Philip, Uh, not made much progress yet, eh? Uh, Well, uh, I would say as uh, as further advice, uh, don't rely on paperwork alone. Uh, It'll only take you so far. BBC Enterprises paperwork, for instance, will tell you when the last copy of The Window to Another World was officially thrown into a skip, but it won't tell you when it was unofficially picked up by a BBC engineer later that afternoon to keep for his own collection, as one wrote to me in 1987 that he had. It turned out it was a hoax, admittedly, but uh, 
Imagine if it hadn't, eh? Imagine if, if people were kinder. So, if you, Philip, or, or anybody else at home has a stroke of luck and finds any programmes for real, and if you think a Peter Fleming field guide would come in useful, or a film can detector, or some bleach uh, 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 detergent, uh, then please get in touch at the following address. Peter Fleming, the post box, outside the even-numbered houses, Grimdale Road, Glossop, Derbyshire. Uh, What's the postcode? Uh, let's, let's work this out. Uh, uh, Glossop. Uh, GL0555. Five five yes, that, that looks about right. Uh, written down, yes. Uh, send your letters there. Or, if you're in the area, feel free to drop by the post box itself. Uh, I'll reach out and accept your letter directly, and we can have a nice chat through the slot. Uh, if you try that, then uh, I look forward to seeing a small rectangular portion of you very soon. Messages from Beyond. Well, that's about all we've got time for on Into the Archives this week, but join us again next time to find out the rather cruel nickname we gave Oliver Postgate in 1964 and the embarrassing circumstances in which he earned it. Until then, my friends, keep up the search, keep in touch, and stay tuned. Into the Archives was presented by Peter Fleming. His archivist and producer of the programme is Tom Burgess. Music and sound were found in a skip in Made Avail by Peter Fleming and remastered by Tom Burgess. This Just In was produced and directed by Peter Fleming. For child protection reasons, the presenters cannot be credited. The clip was used with the kind permission of Forbes Cobbling and remastered by Tom Burgess. Special thanks to Suze Kempner, Mabel Slattery and Robin Bland. The Daleks were created by Terry Nation. This programme was a Peter Fleming production for the BBC, whether they want it or not.